Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, 3 and Out Podcast. Uh, I had a podcast already ready for you. And you'll still hear all of it. I talk with Cam Hayward, Pittsburgh Steeler, Pro Bowler, All Pro, and just incredible human being. I, I had obviously, if you listen to Andrew Whitworth, who's the reigning Man of the Year, uh, I, I would put Cam Hayward in that category. I mean, he's been up for the award with the Steelers. I think he'll eventually win. When I think high-level NFL guys, you know, non-quarterbacks, the Whitworths, the Calais Campbells, guys that have won that award. He's that. He he's an impressive dude. He he really is. I, I'm a huge fan. Not that I wasn't before, uh, but I'm gonna follow you. Pittsburgh Steelers fans know how lucky you've been to have the guy, complete stud. But there was some breaking news, so I wanted to get a couple takes out uh, before we dive into the interview. Subscribe to the podcast. Three and out. Fire that. If you listen through Collins' feed, subscribe separately to my feed. Three and out podcast would greatly appreciate it. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. Check out the volume on YouTube. 
anything else going on? Obviously, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff. I want you to slide into the DMs and get your question answered. Middlecoff Mailbag. You know, football season, we're here. The Raiders are on the field, all the teams. By the next time you hear me, the next podcast will probably be on Tuesday. Uh, and then we'll kind of get back into the flow of things w- with football. And still still sprinkling some golf. We got live, live, you know, Greg Norman. He's he, he, Greg Norman's ruffled some feathers. Don't sleep on uh don't sleep on the shark. Florio's like, what if the Saudis take on the NFL? It ain't happening, buddy. It's it's a little more expensive to take on. Not that they don't have the money, but they don't it's not possible. Everyone's getting rich in the league. <laughs> you know, including Florio. It, it, it covers the league. The, the, the NFL is a cash cow. Golf was was there and right for the taking. Uh, so yeah. Before I get into Russell, uh, not Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, I wanted to say something to just, you know, I I think about it a lot, and I think it's so cool the way it's all played out that I get to be partners and work with the volume and for the volume and have this podcast. And for those of you that hadn't heard, I, I had this podcast. Colin Coward texted me, I think in 2018, with the idea of doing a podcast before he even had a network, and I started the Three and Out podcast. In 18 and 19, before the volume ever existed. And when I think great, and I'm saying this because the volume now has Richard Sherman. Obviously, the success of Draymond Green and his podcast and his, you Google Draymond Green on YouTube and the YouTube numbers he did for the volume. The the overwhelming majority of CBS, ABC, NBC, the shows they have don't sniff those numbers. And when I think about Colin, to me, he's on the Mount Rushmore of sports talk radio people. In the history of radio, right? I mean, the two biggest cash cows in the history of radio are Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh. Those are the two guys that set the tone and the biggest cash cows in the history of radio. And sports talk, to me, there are like four guys that really stand out. There is Jim Rome. There is Dan Patrick. I put Mike and the Mad Dog together, and I put Colin. And I think Colin is kind of separated from that crew. Like Dan Patrick created his Dan Patrick show, left ESPN and created his own show, and was an entrepreneur and was really successful. But it's just him. Mike and the Mad Dog, right? Even when they split up, Mike had his own radio show, Mad Dog got paid, went to Sirius, right? Was the like their version of Howard Stern, but obviously way smaller, but for sports. Jim Rome, incredible businessman, made a ton off his show, but really just made money for himself. Colin, like those guys, super successful, super rich, yet... I vividly remember being in the car, driving home in the middle of 2020. My brother calls me and goes, hey, bro, uh, I look at the prices right now to play Pebble Beach, Spyglass, all these courses in Monterey. They are like half off. This is like peak COVID because those places, Pebble, they usually charge, you know, four, five, six hundred dollars. Pebble charges like six, but Spyglass charges like three fifty four. But they're, they get a lot of international travel. Well, in 2020, no one could internationally travel. So we got to play. I think we played Spyglass for like $150. It was sweet. It was awesome. And we we're driving back and Colin calls me. And he's like, I'm thinking of this idea. I've been looking into it. And a little inside the volume, he's like, I was talking to Erica Nardini, who I think he's actually had on his podcast a year ago, who is the CEO of Barstool and talking the business of podcasts. And I could just tell like he was fired up. He was inspired. He realized what it had. And he wasn't, it was one thing to talk, and then he's lived it. And again, like those other guys, he's already a multimillionaire. He's already super successful. He doesn't have to do any of this. Those guys are not doing any of this. Why? They don't have to. 
Most people, especially once you get 55, 60, 65 years old and you accomplish a lot in your career, that's kind of the time when you enjoy your family, start traveling. Not saying he doesn't, but he has this idea, then he executes it, and then it's shooting like a fucking rocket ship. And now, back-to-back, his two-player podcasts are Draymond Green and Richard Sherman. These are two guys, and this just shows you, like, what, what, listen, I, I don't consider myself media. I know Draymond talks about new media. I'm just a guy who tries to speak for other people. Because I, when I watch a lot of the media, I have nothing in common with any of them. So I just try to speak for us, to watch games on our couch, that like to have a good time over the weekend, play a little golf, hang out with our significant others, our family, and just kind of chill. Like, I, I try to speak for us. We're the majority, you know. Without us, there is no pro sports. Uh, the media kind of gets lost and convoluted, so I try to fill that role. But Draymond and Richard, every TNT's already signed Draymond for when Charles goes to live. And Richard Sherman has a deal. Like these guys were sought after entities by traditional media. Yet they realized, like, I can do way more in this. And so did Colin two or three years ago. Now, obviously, other people did too. Bill Simmons, Barstool, these guys were ahead of the curve. But like those guys had a lot to prove. Like, what's Colin trying to prove now? Just an incredible, incredible entrepreneurial spirit for a guy that doesn't need to have it. And I feel very, very lucky to be a part of this. And it's just really cool when you see that, like, how are you going to top Draymond? And I'm not saying Richard's going to top Draymond, but you get Sherman, you get Richard Sherman. So your, your two big player podcasts are Draymond Green and Richard Sherman. Like, it's just incredible. Tip of my hat. Uh, I, I found out what everyone else did on uh, on social media. And I was just like, damn, that's, that's pretty badass. And I've, you know, got to know Sherm a little bit through DMing over the years, especially when he played for the 49ers and um, big, big fan, uh, total stud. And just as a football player, there's no human beings I respect more in the sport of football, cornerbacks that will tackle. And I, I think in my adult life, the last couple decades, I think Richard Sherman is the best tackling cornerback. And potentially, you know, if you're listening to this and you're older than me, I mean, some of those guys in like the 70s and 80s, some of the corners were probably, I think he's one of the best of the mod, of the salary cap era. I think you could say that Richard Sherman might be the best tackling corner. And obviously he's a great corner in his prime. Several time all pro, pro bowl. I think he's a hall of famer. But tackling, and ultimately that speaks to one of the toughest motherfuckers to ever play the position. Especially in the modern era. Uh, big big Sherm fan and uh, pretty cool for the big, big moment for the volume. Let's be real. Draymond Green, now uh, Richard Sherman. Things are going pretty well, you know. Uh, tr- traditional, you know, got to be a little rattled, you know. I've, I've, I also there's a timing element. Like it's not all like I didn't create any of this. Colin liked me for whatever reason. It's worked out well. Traditional radios dying, and this has taken off. So uh, it, it's pretty cool to be a part of this. I have a couple quick takeaways before we get into the Cam Hayward interview on uh, on Kyler Murray. First and foremost. I think the best businesses, and listen, there's always a time to be aggressive. The best people in most industries are aggressive, but there's a timing to that aggression. You can't just be aggressive nonstop, right? There is a time and a place, and through experience, you know when to put the pedal to the metal, get in the fast lane, and sometimes to chill. I think this 2021 was a good example from a stock market perspective. Everyone was investing, and people made some money, but a lot of people weren't selling toward the peak, right? They were investing more, investing more. And then it gets cut in half. And a lot of people have lost a shitload of money and not everyone can afford to just sit on their losses. Like some people that really, really hurts. And some people that have been in a long time went like, once I double or triple my money, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, 
I get out, I sit on the sideline. The moment everyone's talking about it, that's where I back off. And I saw Colin today, and I I agree with him, that where are you going to find another Kyler Murray? And like Holmes, things always go up. Now, I would disagree there because I was going to buy a home last year, and I was like, you know, I I just, I have a hard time. Something that was $800,000 a year ago is now $1.6 million. This doesn't add up. I'm, listen, could that house be worth $3 million in two years? Sure. But I would historically, if you just look at trends, that's not usually the way it works. And I, I've been proven right. The last six months, things are coming back to earth, especially in the markets I'm looking at. <laughs> Halted, going down. And that's not the case necessarily with quarterbacks. Contracts always go up. But you don't have to buy. You don't always have to pay for something, especially in a football situation when a guy is under contract. What was the rush in paying him today? And at the time of recording this, the number, we see $160 million. Now, a lot of that's going to be how much new money, the fourth year contract, the fourth year of his contract, the fifth year, which I don't even know what that number is, probably well over $30 million. That is going to be factored in. Who knows? Maybe they'll even factor in the franchise tag. But I just don't understand why we couldn't play this out another year. Like, why did I have to do this right now? Because based on the evidence I have, I go, you've been a very talented player. I've never argued that. His arm strength, he's pretty accurate. He's mobile. He is a fantastic talent. Little, but a fantastic talent. And when he's on, he's exceptional. But I threw this out there on Twitter, and I have a philosophy. When I'm going to pay a premium, and even if the number, let's say, if you're listening to this and the true number is $80 guaranteed, this still stands. Whether they gave him $100 million guaranteed or whether it's actually $160 million. <clears throat> it's a ton of money. And it's a, you are committing to him for several more years than you have to. I would My philosophical belief in pro sports is I want to pay premiums for guys that can handle and thrive and rise to the occasion when shit hits the fan. When things go wrong. Because most guys at the highest level can play really good. In all the sports, when things are going well, when you're on you know, a seven-game winning streak in baseball and you have five home runs over that period of time, when you're in basketball and your team's won 10 straight games and you're averaging 25 points and everyone's feeling you, when you're a quarterback and you guys go on a four-game win streak and over those four games, you throw 15 touchdowns, you run for a couple more, you're the player of the month. Everyone's on their knees gargling. It's like, oh, yeah. How about when you lose three games? And your star right tackle tears ACL. And everyone, because you're the star, says, you're playing like shit. How's it going? What are you going to do? How are you going to carry this team? Do you rise to the occasion? Or do you crumble like a cookie? Do you melt like ice under the 100-degree sun? And I think we've seen, and I have a good, I've had a front row seat for the 49ers. And last year, shit was hitting the fan. It was weird. Guys were injured. And I watched guys like Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel become absolute war daddies and play their best football when shit was not going well. Win or lose. Not They weren't winning all the games, but just laying it on the line. Never pouting, never complaining. And you see it with countless players all around the league that just keep throwing haymakers. I think a great example is Matt Stafford, who last year had a longer body of work than Kyler Murray. But because of his situation, we went, well, how good is he? Plays for Detroit. Can you win with him? Does he have a bunch of bad habits? We know he's talented, physical freak, number one overall pick. What's he got? How's he going to handle the pressure? And it was up and down. 
It was, if you want, he had that stretch where he was throwing all those picks, he was turning the ball overs. But clearly, internally, and Whitworth hit on this, he never flinched. He handled himself like a pro. He answered the bell every single time. And then, once they lost that Week 18 game to the 49ers, he had an elite stretch in the playoffs and was awesome. So he handled the Rockies tide pretty well. He's out there. It was like, God, is Matt Stafford going to screw this thing up? Are they not going to win the division? What's going on? They end up winning the division. Ton of pressure. How's Matt Stafford going to, for the first time ever, not just making the playoff school, you got to win playoff games. We traded for you to try to win the Super Bowl. And then he's awesome and they win the Super Bowl. It's like, I'd give him an extension too. Longer body of work. I've seen him when the lights are the brightest, handle himself like a pro, handle adversity, and then answer the bell and and execute. Because ultimately, I saw Mike Tomlin (laughs) say uh, say this on the Pivot podcast was like, the business is winning. That's the business we're in. The sport is football, but the business is winning. That's the name of the game here. And we saw Kyler Murray have the most embarrassing playoff game we've ever seen. And then immediately, he demanded to get paid. And he's not the first, and he won't be the last guy to demand to get paid. Some guys, though, Dak Prescott, for example. And I saw a lot of this on social media, that Dak Prescott's contract has aged better. Bullshit. I don't like paying Dak Prescott $40 million. But Dak Prescott, the human being, when times are great, when times are bad, he's very, very even keel. I know exactly what I'm getting. He's not going to pout. He'll give everything he has. He has physical limitations. He does not have the arm Kyler has. But I know that he'll lay it on the line for me. No one will ever go, did Dak mail that shit in? No one will ever say that because we have a long body of evidence that he's never done that. Yet in back-to-back years, people, the season ended and went like, was, what was Kyler's deal there? What was, no one's ever argued his arm strength, his speed, his physical attributes. Not a soul. But there's more than that at quarterback. What, what's Coward's thing? Being quarterbackial? It's like presidential? Which I even think, like, being a politician, like, if you don't think at this point in time they're all kind of frauds, I, I can't help you. I still think it matters. Like, I don't think it matters as a politician. I think it's all bullshit. I, it matters at quarterback how you act, how you conduct yourself, because all the best guys kind of conduct themselves like pros. And let's use an example, Aaron Rodgers. Last year, things got a little weird. Him and Gudikins, he demanded to trade on draft night. You're like, God, Rodgers is falling off the deep end. Well, what happened? Training camp came, and part of people were like, he just wants to get paid. He didn't get a contract extension. Tabled it, right? Acted like a pro, answered the bell, won the MVP. And his body of work was long. (laughs) We already know how future Hall of Famer. Like, it felt like Kyler Murray, NBA style, forced their hand and they capitulated and they gave in. Now you could argue, well, they're all in on Cliff Kingsbury. You might as well be all in on Kyler. I I just think that is not the way to run a franchise. And I'm shorting them. I do not think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, You can say, well, they just get him in a better headspace. That's fine. I don't think he's a sustainable player. And maybe I would have been proven wrong. But if I was the Cardinals, I would have let it play out. He's not, Dak Prescott played a season on the franchise tag. And I'm not even saying to get there with Kyler. How about just seeing another season of you acting like a pro, of you improving as a leader, of you leading us to the playoffs, of you maybe trying in a playoff game? I don't know. But that's not how the way the Cardinals handled their business. And you would say historically, under the Bidwell family umbrella, that's why the Cardinals have mostly been pretty shitty. Now, I'm not acting like they're a joke franchise. I think Steve Kime, they have a lot of talent on their team. They're not, I don't view them as some like loser franchise, but that's, I thought, kind of a loser move. 
Uh, I, I thought it was an unneeded move. What? What's well? He would come to. He's not going to show up. Well, then you'd learn everything you need to know. He's going to show up to training camp and pout. Well, then you're going to learn everything you need to know. That's not the ki- type of guy you want. Because what do they tell you? That your true colors and who you really are are actually usually exposed with money. Once I pay you, the true self comes out. I would be a little nervous if everyone involved with the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I just, again, I get back to over and over, what was the rush? I'm not disputing if he won the MVP this year, it goes up a little bit. Who cares? At least then you know. At least then you know. When the Chiefs gave Mahomes all that money, he had won the MVP and he led him to a Super Bowl. That had happened. When Matt Stafford just got a huge extension, they won a Super Bowl with him as their quarterback. When Aaron Rodgers got $150 million, he was back-to-back MVP. Gets along with the coach. This guy just got to, again, I don't truly know the money. Time will tell when you're listening to this. Had the worst playoff game we've ever seen and was pretty terrible down the stretch. And the previous year, when they looked like a lock to make the playoffs, they missed the playoffs. And here's the other element. From just a true football standpoint, he's small. And being small doesn't dictate your success or not. We've seen small players go to the Hall of Fame, be great players. Russell Wilson's a great example. Hall of Fame level quarterback. Russell Wilson is built completely different. Now we can argue he's got, he got a little big this offseason, but Russell's naturally thick. And he's been healthy. The, the, the first time that Matt Finger, whatever, was the first injury, we went, God, there's a chink in Ru- Russell's armor, right? He's injured and he missed a couple games. Kyler now has been hurt back-to-back seasons. Two years ago, it was the Seattle game. He got slammed. Never the same. Last year, he got banged up. Missed some games, right? Colt McCoy came in. They actually lit up the Niners. But, like, he's been hurt now. Well, it's not that crazy. He's a small little player. So you're going all in. And listen, you do when you draft a guy number one overall. But part of drafting them in the first round is having the fifth-year option and having some time. And the Cardinals just felt like, what, Kyler's going to show up and be very angry and be mad? And pouty, wouldn't that be a reflection of who this guy is? Like, wouldn't that kind of show his true colors then? Why wouldn't you just let it play out a little bit? Hell, maybe even let it play out into the season. Be like, listen, you start fast, you're having a good season, we'll extend you in the middle of October. You had to do it July 21st? I just, I I don't understand it. I mean, again, and I I root for people to get paid. I, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me, Kyler Murray, contra, whatever. Get as much money as you can. But we're talking the business of football, where there's a salary cap, and how much you get paid impacts the success of your team. And in football, we teams matter. They're the health of the league. And some teams run their business well. Some teams do not. And we have, a couple years ago, the Rams were kind of feeling themselves. They extended two guys really early, and it heavily backfired. Todd Gurley, Jared Goff. Now, I'm not comparing Kyler to Jared Goff. He's much more talented. Now, I'm not comparing, obviously, Todd plays a different position. But immediately, we realized those were bad contracts. And I, I just, I have this whole situation red flagged. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think he's a sustainable player. I could be proven wrong. If I was the Arizona Cardinals, I would have let him prove me wrong. Let's dive into Cam Hayward. Big news. FanDuel has an all-new mobile gaming app, FanDuel Faceoff is where you compete quick fun games against other real people for real cash. Has all sorts of games you're familiar with, like a Home Run Derby, Wheel of Fortune, puzzle strategy games, and more. Contests are action-packed, 
Last between two and five minutes, you can play on your couch, waiting in line, during a commercial break, whenever on your schedule. Practice for free anytime. That's cool. Whether it's head-to-head, multiplayer, large tournaments, fan duel, face-off, something for you. Plus, in most games, you're going to be matched against peeps of similar skill levels. You're not totally overmatched, even as a beginner. Face-off also tied to your FanDuel account and wallet, so you can easily use your daily fantasy funds or sportsbooks winnings in the apps. Please download the FanDuel Face-Off app and compete in a few non-cash contests. FanDuel.com, always use the code Colin, download the FanDuel Face-Off app, get in the game. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-opening check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation's hitting us all. Trust me, I know. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. It's really easy. You just download the app, go to your app store, download the Upside app, And when you go get gas, where I live in California, it's the most expensive in the country, you upload your receipt or check in on the app, very easy to do, and then you earn cash back every time you use it. I can't recommend it enough, especially during these inflationary times. This app was made for 2022. So once you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card, and you get paid with real cash. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code 3 and out to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of 10 or more dollars. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of 10 or more using the promo code number 3 AND out. That's promo code 3 and out. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it because like most 16 year old kids you don't exactly get a luxury automobile so you look at it you go well i need to add some speakers i need to tint out the windows i need to make this thing the coolest car possible so i can cruise around town with all my buddies waving at the babes and enjoy myself so my favorite part of car culture when i was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's my pleasure to uh, to bring on all pro, you know, I would say defensive tackle, but I'll say defensive lineman, several-time pro bowler. Uh, I, I don't think he's ever, he doesn't know what losing is. He's only played for Ohio State and, and Pittsburgh his entire career. Uh, Cam Hayward, what's going on, bro? What's up? Appreciate you having me. Thank you for the introduction as well. No problem, man. How's uh, how's summer going? What, what the hell have you been up to? Uh, trying to do a podcast. Uh, you know, we use the same producer, and James is always cracking <laughs> yeah. down on me and giving me hell. Uh, and then just trying to take care of kids and um, try to get better at my craft. You know, those are the three things going on, and man, they take up a lot of my day. How many kids do you have? I got three, six, four, Damn. and two. My oldest is a boy. You're uh, you are a man on the move. Well, I, I saw you talking to McAfee about diet, and obviously, it, you know, hell, I'm I'm smaller than you, but once you get, I'm a couple years older than you. Once you hit a certain age, you know, diet, you know, is very, very impactful, right? And uh, yes. the off season for a guy like you with working out, how how do you balance working out and food and staying focused when basically you get 40 days off till the season starts? Man. Um- your diet is everything, especially right before the season and during the season. Um, you know, you really care about what's going in your body. Uh, I feel like my only time to really cheat on food is, you know, right at the end of the off season where I'm just like, you know, depressed and um, pissed off. We didn't go further in the season. <laughs> but, you know, now it's just um, you care about what you eat and, um just got to take care of your body. Uh, I don't like to do these fad diets, but man, you just try to continue to just put good things in your body, have good protein and uh, stay basically boring with your meals. <laughs> well, it's one thing, like if you're just a single dude, you know, in, in your twenties, eating healthy, get, you know, you have yeah. kids. So I'm sure you got crap all over the place. You're always taking them by McDonald's or whatever. Like, how, Is that, I mean, it'd be a test on any man, bro. Well, like I, I like look back at like as a kid, and I'm like, like I had plenty of McDonald's growing up. Like, and my wife does a great job; she won't even let them get McDonald's anymore. And I'm like, oh damn, I I have to have like meals prepared because if I get anywhere close to their food, I'm just gonna dive right into the pantry and you know go ham. But um, my wife's always like, why don't you just eat our food? I'm like, because that's a little bit more unhealthy <laughs> and I need to, you know, watch what I eat before I blow up. As an older guy, I mean, you're a veteran now in the league. Do you, mm. for your training, especially lifting? Cause I mean, you do yeah. your work in the trenches. Do you lift as hard as you once did? Is it a lot different? Is it more just maintaining year round or do you go heavy? And then once the season hits, do you, do you sustain? Like how does that work as you've aged? You know, it's crazy. Um, I as I was when I was younger, I used to always go to these fancy places and you know have like uh, everything catered to you. Where it was, you know, this is what they specialize. Um, I think that in the last four years, I I found a trainer who does an amazing job here. I used to train Paul Puzlesny and Sean Lee. Yeah, um, and he, he's trained a lot of other guys, but. Um, Everything's just what I need at the time, you know, 
you know, the great thing about me is I haven't been injured a lot. So I've been able to keep, you know, pushing my limits, get stronger. Um, but there are times I need to, you know, scale back and uh, determine what my body needs. And I've been able to, you know, the Steelers have allowed me to just keep up that during the season with my trainer. And it's, it's just benefited me. Um, obviously, I like to work out with, you know, the guys in the facility, but my trainer has d- done a great job of, you know, making sure I was able to continue to keep keep getting better. And if I'm hurt, we address that and make sure that um, it doesn't become an issue. Once the season ends, you know, y- you talk about a football guy. I mean, you come from a football family. Your dad played in the league. Mm-hmm. Your brother, I-, I didn't even realize this, was just drafted by the Steelers, uh, yeah. Michigan State. Uh, Connor, that's we'll get into that. That's pretty cool. When, when yes. the season ends, you guys get you know losing the first round of the playoffs. How much mm-hmm. time do you just get away from football? Oh well, I wanted to get away right after that game, but uh, I had the Pro yeah. Bowl coming up, um, and so we went from Pro Bowl, and then I had some stuff to do at Super Bowl. Um, and surprisingly, right after that, um, I couldn't really disappear from working out. I I feel like I got right back into it right after the season, um, you know, just trying to continue to craft, craft and get better. Um, usually in the past, I've taken about a month off and just tried to disappear with the family for a little bit. Um, but, man, I've been – I feel like I haven't stopped. And uh, hopefully uh, that's a good thing. What's funny is for the Steelers going into the draft, just because the talk of the draft and a quarterback really high and at the time – I'm sure you, just like all of us, unless Tomlin and Colbert were giving you the good inside information, it's like Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, talking quarterback, and you guys end up taking a quarterback. And when the draft ends, I mean, a lot of people are talking about that. But for you personally, your brother gets drafted on the team. Like, right. I mean, how cool How cool was that moment? Oh, if I could go through that moment. That moment was insane because – uh, what was it? Day three. So the first two days, we knew he was going to get drafted in the first day. Uh, the second day is second and third. And we thought, okay, maybe third, he might have a chance. Um, and then I'm talking to my agent. He was like, you know, day three is our sweet spot. You know, day three, um, fourth to fifth round, and you just never know. Um, and so he's getting calls from different teams, and, you know, he's like, I don't know if they're interested or they're interested in me being an undrafted rookie and then they, you know, call and sign me. So he's going through that and I can just watch him. He's like, like the competitor inside my brother. He was so like ticked off that like he's watching guys and he's like, I'm better than him. And I know I'm better than him. I'm like, you can't do that. You just got to focus. You got to understand that like, you know, team see other things differently wherever you end up that's where you make your mark um and then you know he like stormed off one time and this time like my mom's or my brothers are like go check on him just to make sure he's okay and then i go in the room and the phone rings and i don't know who it is and i look at the screen and it has the bears up and it says the picks in and i'm like oh He's going to the Bears. That's really cool. And then he gives me this like sort of like little smirk where it's like, like, you don't need to know who's on that end of this call. And I'm like, is it Chicago? He's like, no, it wasn't Chicago. And I'm like, but who was it? And he, I, I was like, and I asked him, who was it? And he just walks away and he says, hold on. And then he goes into the family room 
And, you know, he has us all waiting. And I'm like, okay. And then I see, oh, Pittsburgh's nest. And I'm like, he would have told me by then if he got drafted to my team. And then I had to watch it come across the clicker. And I'm like, this dude, he could have just literally told me. And then Mike T called me and, you know, told me, he's <laughs> like, we got him. He was like, I didn't think he was going to be there in the sixth round. Uh, but we got him. And I was like, Mike T, I appreciate this. Um, but I'm not going to let you down. Like, you know, this is my little brother. I'm going to make sure, you know, he lives up to everything. And he was like, oh, I already knew he was going to do that. So, you know, I'm drafting him because, you know, of the player he is, not because he's your brother. And I'm like, okay. So it, it's been surreal. And, like, my mom had already disappeared from that moment because she was already so nervous. So, like, she was outside the house. And, like, when she came back, we were all celebrating. She was like, where is he going? And I, we were like, he's coming to Pittsburgh. And she broke out in tears right there. So, you know, we were very fortunate. Um it doesn't really end up that way most of the time, but uh, it, it's crazy to think about. Had they, whether it be an assistant coach, Coach Tomlin, Colbert, any of his people, had they brought him up to you leading up to the draft when you were just at the facility working out or any of that? Had they asked they you never questions? Brought him up to, so, like, they never brought him up specifically, like, leading up to the draft. It was always like... Um, we, they would watch the scouts would watch and I would watch individually during the season and you see, did you watch Connor? You know, um, and we would always exchange like what we thought, you know, what he was good at, what he was at, but they kept me on a loop for a, a lot of it. And I was like, I like it that way because I don't want to have a say on anything. I know the scouts there do an amazing job. So, um, they did right this time. <laughs> yeah. I'd say you're part of a team that's pretty good at drafting. Uh, you know, what's yeah. funny is I, I was a graduate assistant at Fresno State. Would have mm. been probably when you were playing at, at Ohio State. And uh, I don't know if he specifically did the West Coast, but Mean Joe Green would come. I, I think he scouted a lot of colleges and he came yeah. by both years. And I remember one year he lost his phone and it was lost. In the, and I just remember it was my job to find Mean Joe and Green's phone. And I ended up finding it and he shook my hand. I'm sure you got big hands. This guy has to have the biggest hands I've ever shook in my entire life. Yes, yes. I remember when I got drafted and I went in and Mean Joe was there and he literally engulfed my hand and I was like, oh, I've never felt like this, like intimidated off the field before in my life. And so, you know, meeting Mean Joe and knowing who Mean Joe is uh, before then, um, it, it was, I, he was one of my heroes. You know, he's a hero in Pittsburgh and getting to meet him for the first time in person, um, welcome me to be a Steeler. Um, I was excited, but man, when you see his hands, they just, they're humongous. They take up their, crazy. like if they were it's on crazy. the screen, they take up the entire screen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. Back to your brother for a second, because you guys, obviously there's a big gap in age, so it's not like, you know, you one was a sophomore, one was a senior, you would have played together. You know, even the Bosa right. brothers are, are somewhat closer in age. Had to mm-hmm. be a little surreal just I, I know you guys haven't like the pads haven't come on, but just being in the same locker room as him, seeing him walk around and put on a Pittsburgh Steeler jersey. I mean, that's pretty crazy. It's really weird because like he's been in our locker room multiple times just as a guest of mine. Um, and like I've given him like, you know, Steeler crap before, but like now he has his own Steeler stuff. Like he's able to go out to the field and not just stay on the sideline. 
And, you know, I have to, there's certain times where I'm like, I cannot just be his brother. I have to be his teammate. And, um, Usually, I talk a lot of crap to my teammates. I talk any, I talk a lot more when you're my brother, <laughs> and I make sure you, I, I make sure you know that like you got a lot to live up to, so you better not let me down or my dad down or my other brothers. So, you know, he knows that, and he'll be better because of it. You know, it's funny. I'm in the Bay Area right now, and about probably 15 minutes, 15 minutes away from me is Antioch where Najee mm. grew up and, and, and played high school football. And it's we'll get into college recruiting a little bit later because, you, you know, you went from, you know, played for high school football in Georgia but ended up at Ohio State, which I don't mm-hmm. know if Georgia would let you out of the state nowadays. You know, they'd curve and be all over <laughs> you. But not but same thing, with, you know, Najee, when I was in, in college, Pete Carroll never would have let him get out of the state. He would have been at USC, but he ends up at Alabama, oh. comes to you guys. I was watching uh, Tomlin talk with Ryan Clark. And on his mm-hmm. podcast with those guys. And he talked about the Christmas tree story, how Najee, you know, just didn't have anything. And, and he kind of went to you, obviously, as, you know, team leader, the captain, the guy that runs the show. And you got mm-hmm. him a Christmas tree. But it was really one thing he talked about this offseason and just moving forward is your ability to kind of like teach him the ways to be the leader of the squad one day. Because ultimately, you know, obviously he's a fantastic player, but just in terms of mm-hmm. a person, your interactions with him, one, what, what you thought about him when you first met him and just kind of the time you've spent with him since trying to give him the Pittsburgh Steeler way. Yeah. You know, I think Najee is one of the more ultimate football p- people because he just loves football. Like he wants to be great at it. And you see the way he competes and – it's it's a gift and a curse. Like he wants to be a part of everything, but Najee can't do everything. And you know we've always been hard on Najee because he's hard on himself because the sky's the limit. Like I think one day he's going to be the top running back in this league. Um, and you know he can shoulder a, a team and offense. Um, and we just have lofty goals for him. Like when he first got here. Um, you know, everybody likes to talk about, you know, his big legs, but man, the dude's a workhorse. Like he comes to practice, wants to practice, wants to get better. Um, and that's, I think that comes from like the Alabama side. Um, but he's also a big kid as well. <laughs> and so we, uh, we got to talk and then, um, you understand that, you know, Najee's got some growing to do, but the way he goes about his business and just wants to get better, you're like, all right, you see where he could, you know, potentially lead one day. Um, and I think Najee only understands football because, you know, that's a safe haven. And the point of me getting the, the Christmas tree was you got to be a human as well. You got to, you know, you can't just think football, football, football and not, you know, live uh, because things will pass you by and you won't be able to enjoy, you know, the fruits of your labor. Um, I think for me, I just wanted to give him the Christmas tree to just let him open up, let him know that it's Christmas. Enjoy the time with your family. Um, and I didn't know if you ever had a Christmas tree before, so I wanted to make sure I did that. Um, going forward as a, as a leader of this team, I feel like Najee's got to be the guy on offense. Um, you know, they're going to be giving the, the rock a lot more and a lot off, a lot more often. So he's got to be willing to not only let his play uh, speak, but he's got to speak as well. Um, because you've had Ben Roethlisberger so long, 
this is a great opportunity for Najee Harris to be the catalyst for everybody on offense. Um, there's so many moving parts, so many new positions we have, but Najee should be the staple. Najee should be the guy that, uh, you know, Coach T.R. Ref- refers to as the the straw that stirs the drink. And Najee's, Najee's got to be that way on offense. Did practice feel different this spring without Roethlisberger? Uh, practice didn't feel different. I just think, you know, we've gotten so used to having Ben back there and uh, kidding around and like Ben could, you know, uh, do some things that were different where we let him extend the play. Um, but we're not letting these rookies extend plays because they're not Ben Roethlisberger in uh, new guys. But um, it, it felt a little different, but not much. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions ebay motors is here for the ride you know what i remember about my first car is that the moment i got it i wanted to improve it because like most 16 year old kids you don't exactly get a luxury automobile so you look at it you go well i need to add some speakers i need to tint out the windows i need to make this thing the coolest car possible so i can cruise around town with all my buddies waving at the babes and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, You want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. 
You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. How do you balance as one of the lead dogs on the squad of, you know, obviously you have, you know, you sign Trubisky, but then you also draft a, a quarterback high. I mean, that position is, it's hard, right? Because only one guy gets mm-hmm. to play on like D-line, men or wide receivers where everyone gets to rotate and he's kind of got to be the leader. But, you know, who totally right. knows? We'll see what plays out in training camp of just kind of, you just embrace them both or is it mm-hmm. one of those things you just kind of let it play out? How do you attack that personally? All of the above. I think you embrace them both or embrace everybody. Um, but I think you go in saying, this is Mitch Trubisky's spot to lose. Um, he should be given the reins. Um, he's had success. You know, everybody likes to talk about what Mitch did wrong, but he took the Chicago Bears to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, I think he's got a better surrounding cast. I think um, we can help, you know, him so he doesn't have to drive the whole field. Um, and then from Kenny and Mason's point of view, um, they should be vying for that spot. This is the perfect opportunity for that. Um, you know, co- competition bra- breeds uh, success. And I think everybody's got to be vying for the spot. If the guy behind me is not trying to vie for my spot, um, shame on him. But all three guys, um, Kenny, Mason, and Mitch should be vying for the number one spot. You know, they're my teammates, but man, we're going to compete to make sure we have the best group out there uh, to start September. One of my worst takes of all time was when uh, Roethlisberger tears his arm baseball style, gets Tommy John. You guys make the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick first round pick. I'm like, this is insane. You know, you, you guys, you guys are going to be drafted in the top five. Minka's a good player, but what are you doing? Not only does Minka get there, he be he was already good, but he was in, incredible once he got there. Right. You guys don't lose because you never lose, and you will go 500, and it's not that big a deal. <laughs> when that trade happened, what was your first? What was your thought? And then once you started playing with them, how fast did you realize? Like, holy shit, this guy's good. Oh, well, like I've um, talked to Kevin Colbert about this many times. Um, when he did that trade for Minka, it it solidified that we weren't throwing away the season. Um, and we were in that game in San Francisco the week Minka came. Minka didn't even know the entire playbook. But when Minka got out there, I think he caused the fumble uh, and then had an interception and was just making plays. And I, was, I went to Kev in the middle of that game. I was like, I appreciate you doing that. We needed that. Um, but, you know, I think when you have a guy like Minka, man, he gives you an opportunity. And um, 
we have a lot of good players and we know we knew Ben was hurt now for the season, but man, we were not ready to throw away the season. Um, and you know, that, that it just let, it kind of gave us that confidence. Like we don't care who's that quarterback. We still compete. It's funny how a guy can go from being someone's brother. Like y- your brother is going to be Cam's brother until he, you know, has a nine touchdown season. Then all of a sudden he becomes his own guy. Well, it's like JJ Watt, one of the best players in the league. His brothers come into the league. And at first, TJ Watt, again, is just JJ's mm-hmm. brother. And then that quickly changes like, no, he's just TJ Watt now. But last yeah. year, you know, one thing that used to happen, it probably happened a little bit when you first came in the league. It happened a lot, like when your dad was playing in the 80s, the 90s, and probably the early 2000s up to like Revis days were the holdouts. Now this new mm. thing is the hold in and you're, yeah. you know, people practice in high school, college and the NFL doesn't change that much in terms of individual group. So you're spending mm. time with your defensive linemen and TJ right. just standing there. Obviously it's the elephant in the room. He's <laughs> probably he's not going anywhere, but was that, right. what was that like? The, the hold in just seemed just standing there looking at you guys when you're taking all the reps. Well, I'll, I'll say this, as much as it was a hold in, TJ did a great job of being professional about it. Um, you know, he let everything take its course, but that didn't stop, stop him from training. Um, it may have looked like he was standing on the sideline, but the dude was doing pass drills by himself, running on the sideline, making sure he was in good shape uh, because he didn't want it to be detrimental to the team. Um, and I commend them like th- for that. Uh, these hold ins are different. Um, per the CBA, uh, it prevents guys from holding out because now you get fined and you can't get that money back. Um, but a hold in, it shows that you want to be there. You're taking part in meetings, but I have to be smart about my future and what's going on. Uh, and I think, I think it's a good, responsible way to approach the situations now. Did TJ really barge into to the Rooney's office and you uh, do, do the deal himself at the end, or is that a story that took on a life of its own? I don't know. I uh, I don't know if he barged in. Uh, you know, I know he probably had to clear it with us, uh, Mister Rooney's secretary or something. But <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Um, it might have taken on a different story, but uh, man, it. it it, it will be revered as one of those legends that happened where TJ was like, get the deal done. Uh, let's get a sign. But, uh, you know, I think we were all happy for him to get done because, um, you know, TJ has earned it. Uh, Minka has earned it. Uh, and we understand the players they are. Uh, and this was just um, validating that because we've seen what they've done week in and week out. Uh, they need to be paid like they're the top of their positions. I, I think my favorite Steeler story over the last decade, it's funnier now than it probably was at the time, was you guys were playing a preseason game and there was a team playing and there were a couple running backs headed to the team playing and there might live where I live, it's legal, you know, going back and forth. I think the NFL doesn't even test for it anymore. And one of them didn't make the team play. The other guy ends up on the team play. It was LeGarrett and Le'Veon. You might have been a little marijuana going back and forth. Do you yeah. remember that? And only one of them showed up. And the, was that just like everyone talking on the plane as you're going? Well, you know, we've always been told, um, you know, if you don't make the team playing, you will get left. And I have anxiety about it. leave without you. Yeah. And so I've uh, always made sure I'm like at least 30 minutes early uh, because I I just I don't want to be that guy. Uh, And, you know, we're getting closer to time and we're like, where are our players? 
Um, you know, LeGarrette shows up, uh, not dressed in a white tee, and we're like, bro, get your get your stuff on. Uh, and then we were like, where's Le'Veon? And then it just took on <laughs> a different meeting. We were like, you're not just late. You're dealing with something else. And uh, I think Le'Veon <laughs> caught a flight later that night, and we saw him at the team meeting, and we were like, ooh, damn. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a hefty fine because Mike T doesn't play about missing. But we left it at that, and we just focused. What's it like? Obviously, I, I think Tomlin's. I think it's safe to say, you know, he's obviously well respected by fans, and he's just an incredible mm-hmm. quote. Uh, I mean, last year when the USC and he dropped the "never say never," but never is an it's an all timer. Uh, but that <laughs> I think as the Antonio and Le'Veon, some of those things, his like status has even grown like. I think on the outside, we respect him more. It's like, this guy can handle anything. What's it like? I mean, you've been around him now for over a decade. Obviously, you guys are, it's safe to say he's your coach, but you guys are pretty close personally. Uh, Yeah. What's what's it like being Mike Tomlin's friend and his player? Um, It's it's crazy. Um, Like, I always revered Coach T before I even got here. I was like, man, I'd love to play for him. And now that I do, um, it means that much more to me. Uh, I'd run through a brick wall for him. Um, he's got a Super Bowl, but I want to be able to hand him that trophy as well. Um, he is, he has pushed me. He has made me a better player. Um, and the thing I love about it is he always tells us, um, I'm going to treat you fairly, but not equally. Um, and, you know, he's going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but other people need different things than other people, other players. And so what player 53 on the roster uh, might need something different than player one on the roster. Um, and I think he's able to have those individual relationships with people to figure out what everybody needs. Um, he knows how to push my buttons and he's pushed my buttons um, a lot. And I've appreciated over the time, uh, but, you know, it's only made me better. And um, I can't speak enough to the man he is, um, the single mild mild mindedness and tunnel vision he shows during the season uh, allows us to just go out there and understand that football is our job and this is what we need to take care of. Um, He provides ownership and accountability to the group. And, you know, with that, uh, that creates honesty and and creates a lot of transparency that if it's not handled the right way, uh, your team will crumble and will falter because not thing, things weren't focused on properly and um, things slipped through the cracks. Well, what's the thing? The standard is the standard, right? And you guys just, I mean, you, there's an element of luck. I mean, you've never lost. I mean, obviously, when you go to Ohio State, you're not going to lose much. But coming to the NFL, you have a lot of Ohio State teammates and guys that have played Ohio mm-hmm. State over the last 20 years that go to crappy teams, and it's not their fault. But <laughs> you know, you just, you just, you guys just don't lose at Pittsburgh ever. You know, and, and when it's yeah. the worst, and I always judge people on their lowest moments. That's why I give Belichick a lot of credit. A couple years ago, when the 20 season and Tom left, everyone acted like they were one. They did go seven and nine. Now that's under 500. But a lot of teams, if their worst year is seven and nine, it's not the biggest deal. You guys' worst years are eight and eight or better. Yeah. And last year is another good example of you just found a way and you end up in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. obviously Mike's the voice of the team, but how much 
now do you guys like he relies on you because the coach can't say everything, right? So you have mm-hmm. to be the voice for kind of him or the defensive coordinator. Uh, do you feel that weight as a leader or is it something now that's just part of the gig? You know, I think Mike T gives us the landscape and the environment to do it. Um, and then I think it goes to the players. Um, you know, we have to be competitive as hell. Uh, we have to hold each other accountable. Um, we have to push each other. Um, you know, I, I, I really do um, enjoy practicing and enjoy training um, with guys because then you, you gain a level of trust. You understand what players can do, what they can't. Um, but the communication gets better. And I, I, I've always been a big proponent on um, your leaders got to lead. And um, I got to make sure I do my job. Uh, TJ, Najee, um, Minka, these guys are, you know, the stalwarts that got to lead the front and got to lead the group. So uh, we appreciate that. But uh, we, we, we always want to, you know, make sure that we're pushing each other and making sure we're getting after each other. Obviously, in college, you know, you guys despise your rival. I mean, it's one of the mm-hmm. best rivalries in, in America, it, probably in the world, Ohio State versus Michigan. In the yes. pros, I think sometimes, you know, it feels just because guys move teams, it's, it's not quite the same. But mm-hmm. you guys have had a rival for, you know, a couple decades, even before you got there. Because you've been on the team the whole time, does it feel as genuine as the rivalry that you had in college with Michigan? And would you describe your feelings toward the Ravens as hatred? What? Oh man, um, the Ravens—it's—it's it's weird. It's it's a level of respect. Um, because is that different than Michigan? Like, do do you respect Michigan? No, I don't respect anybody from Michigan. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh, and see, I just it's, think it's, see, it's di- it's different, right? It's it's very different. Like Ohio State, and Michigan, there is a hatred there. Like, and um, you you can go back to the Bo Beckler days, the Woody Hayes days. Um, you know, that's the team up north, and when you lose to them, God forbid, I never lost to them, so I don't know that feeling. Um, but <laughs> but. You have to – you're representing your your school, and those are bragging rights. Um, when you get to the league, it's not just about, like, representing, like, your team and bragging rights. Man, these dudes are professionals, um, and there's been a level of success from both teams. Um, and it is I, – I just remember those – those night games, Steelers-Ravens, where you had Troy Palomalo and Ray Lewis on both sides. Like, like that is iconic. You had Jerome Bettis going up against Ray Lewis. You had Troy Palomalo uh, sacking um, Joe Flacco um, or him picking up, um, uh, what was that, interception and then returning it and watching the whole stand shake. Like, that was exciting to me. And I think that's what made the rivalry. Um, Hines Ward uh, making sure he had some of those, those clear – Kill blocks, I call them. Oh, yeah. You know, those, those games changed football. Like uh, Ryan Clark laying out Willis McGahee. They, they literally put in the rules in the NFL because these guys were killing each other. And you, you, you watch it and you're like, okay, you understand the rivalry because 
this game escalated quickly and they were both teams were on the cusp of, you know, trying to win Super Bowls. Uh, and, you know, that's what we always have to live up to. Um, there's no reason to try to get up for uh, Baltimore because you're already up. Um, and I've appreciated that time. And um, I always look forward to playing Baltimore Ravens because it's a it's a physical game and you better bring your big boy pants because uh, you'll get exposed if you don't. With some of those Marvin Lewis teams, you guys in Cincinnati had a couple year run where it was teetering on like, this shit's crazy. What is going on? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you listen to the TV copy of um, the playoff game, um, you can hear a level of disgust in the announcers and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is like the way they talk about it, you're like, you would think we were in a full out war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looked like it. Yeah. And you know, Juju's block on Von Vontez perfect. And like before that game, Vontez was getting into it with uh, one of our O-linemen, DeCastro. And if you get the Castro talking, you know something's wrong because the Castro is like a psychopath. He doesn't talk and he's just focused on football. But this game, you hear the Castro start chirping. So then I remember that game. The Castro was pulling and Vontez was coming around. And the Castro just laid him out. And you're just thinking like these. This type of game is like it's it's a petty personal game. There's no, there's not a respect there. There, there wasn't a respect there. Uh, in the personal fouls that came from that. And I think it all started from when Vontez hit Le'Veon out of bounds because he yeah. ended Le'Veon's uh, year and we were like, okay, like you took it a step farther where it was outside the game. It wasn't just, you know, going at each other in the, in the confines of the game. You went out of your way to hurt a player who we love, beloved, and you know, stood up for. So now you just you're poking the bear. So now you're going to get it all. And um, you know, Pac-Man was there. Uh, <laughs> you know, chirping with Joey, uh, and then with the refs. It, it, that game had to be one of the um, insane games uh, for us to win and be a part of. Like we went out on a series that was we were supposed to. Uh, they were going to, if they ran out the clock, they were going to win the game. Uh, Ryan ends up, Ryan Shazier ends up stripping uh, the ball and then we recover it. And you see Ben Roethlisberger come out of the tunnel because he was hurt and takes us down the field. Um, and uh, I think they knocked AB out. Oh, that was another hit. Um, they knocked AB out of the game. Um, and then Chris Boswell kicks it between the uprights. We won that game and everybody is, we're not shocked, but everybody around is shocked that we came out of this game as a winner. Um, but it was, it was crazy there for a second. It was crazy. You've been on some teams. I thought the year that Shazier got, got injured, you guys were the best team in the league. Yeah. And so you've played on teams that, you know, same in, same in college. I mean, you've been right there to, to be a mm -hmm. champion, to be a Super Bowl champion. I, is that something that just kind of, you know, you're, you're a pretty high level motivated guy anyway, but is that kind of an easy thing to just think about? Like I haven't got over the mountaintop yet. It, it honestly is um, because I'm, I've been so close um, and 
it's one or two plays that change it sometimes. But I feel like there's going to come a time where I get over this damn hump. Like, you know, uh, and I'll even take it back to high school. We went to the state championship and, um, you know, there was there was uh, the year before we went to the state championship, they had made a rule that you could tie in the state championship because the year before a kicker had missed and, um, you know, had went through a lot of harassment. Um, and then in college, we went, I mean, in high school, we um, – Went to the state championship and tied. And that was the wor- one of the worst feelings because it's like, how do I celebrate a tie in the state championship? We still got rings, but like, man, that like did not sit well with me. And then college, you know, freshman year starting national championship and we tricked it off and did not win. Um, and then uh, all throughout there, I wish we had college playoffs back then because that would have been fun to be a part of. Um, we ended up going to the Sugar Bowl uh, my senior year. We won uh, versus Arkansas, but never got to play a national championship again. Um, and now I'm just – I've been in the playoffs, um, and all I want is a Super Bowl. All I want is a championship. Uh, that That is the crowning moment I'm looking forward to. You, you said the word, so I remember last year sitting on my couch. You were playing the Lions, right, in, in a, a torrential downpour. And the game finishes a tie, correct? Yes. <laughs> what's it? What's it? What's it feel like? I, I know we hear the coaches talk. Neither one's happy. What's it like as a player when overtime hits double zero and both teams have the same score and you finish with a tie? I'm gonna be honest. I was hot. Like I was pissed off. Like, um, and that's not a shot at like what the Lions did because Lions uh, did some things well in that game. But damn, we. I don't, I don't ever want to end in a tie. Um, I don't feel comfortable with it. Um, I don't feel comfortable with losses. I look at it as a loss, um, but somehow that got us into the playoffs. So, you know, I, I couldn't be that upset about it. Well, I know you've been in the mix for the man of the year. You've been the representative for the Steelers. I, I was reading about your foundation. I, I mean, I didn't know this, but you can tell on camhaywardfoundation.org uh, mm-hmm. that you had severe asthma as a child and uh you know i I had bouts with asthma but nothing like you were hospitalized and is that something how'd you get over it and is that something you still deal with to this day oh i still deal with it um you know i have to take my inhaler before every game um you know when my chest does get very tight uh i have to get on a nebulizer or machine uh that helps with my breathing um but growing up i was a complete mess um you know Thank God for my parents because I put them through uh, some hard times. Um, you know, growing up, my mom never re- was always scared about me playing sports and, you know, overexerting myself because uh, there was an opportunity that uh, I could suffer from it. Um, but through sports, I was able to strengthen my lungs um, and, you know, continue to keep growing in it. Um, I, I like I'm from Pittsburgh, but now I'm back in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I remember those times going to the hospital on Christmas nights, um, because I had a allergic reaction from, uh, a real Christmas tree and, um, my asthma flared up and now I couldn't even breathe. Um, and I couldn't imagine putting, uh, or watching my kids go through that. Uh, that would be heartbreaking. Um, but luckily I'm here today and, you know, uh, my foundation helps with asthma and, 
helps with um, uh, children in need. So, you know, I want to make sure I do my part. I, I lost my dad about four years ago from cancer, but I, I was, you know, what, basically your age now. I know mm-hmm. your dad, Ironhead Hayward, who was a famous football player. You lost him, what, your, was it your senior year in high school? Yeah, before my it, senior year in high school. It, it, it's something, you know, I've followed your career from afar. You know, I say this all the time about the NFL. The majority of guys are such high level, and it's why when guys mm-hmm. get in trouble, it's such a minority of the overall group, you know, especially relative yeah. to society. But you, Definitely. I would say, are even on the higher end of that, and you know, being in the mix to when you're, I feels like inevitability to to win the award one day. You, is that a moment? Because they say, I remember Scott Van Pelt says you, you never become kind of a grown up till you know you lose your father, and it's something you know it's a jolting feeling. But it's one thing to be an adult; it's it's another. Th- I can't imagine was that something that matured you to. Your, have you always just? Would you consider yourself a mature guy? Is it was that just a moment that cha- you know? It's a life changing moment, obviously, but it's, it's a life changing moment, and um, you know, James, our our producer, can attest. I am not mature, whatsoever. Uh, you know, I uh, you know, I am a big kid at heart. Um, I love to have fun, um, and um, I like to think I matured later on in life. Um, you know, obviously I had to be there for my brothers and my mom, but they were there for me. Um, and I had to grow up. Um, you know, my mom was, uh, such a big standout in my life, especially when my dad died. Um, she would, she was like my, she handled all my recruiting. Uh, so like when we went to Ohio state, you know, I wish my dad was there to help, you know, guide me through this process. But she was in the forefront, you know, asking teams, um, what do you play, a 3-4 or 4-3? Uh, what do you see him more as, a D-tackle, D-end? Um, what weight do you want him at? Um, you know, all these different questions. And I'm like, I'm so glad she's asking these questions and not me because I wouldn't have had a clue what to ask. Um, as, a, as a 17-year-old, you're like thinking like, oh, this is Ohio State. Yeah, this is great. But my mom was preparing me uh, – for, you know, uh, the next level and making sure I was going to be in a, in a great spot. Do you think there's any way in 2022 that you don't end up at Georgia? How, how do they let you get out of the state the way they're going Ooh, now? Kirk, Kirby, uh, Kirby might have just jumped on your back and refused to let you go. Yeah, I don't think Georgia was happy I was leaving in the first place because, like, um, who was there? Uh, Mark Rick was there. And, yeah. you know, they've had they some good. great coaches there. They were. Um, but, man, I w- – like – my second choice would have been Florida, and that would have really, really upset all the Georgia people. <laughs> um, Urban was there, and um, you know I was very close to going to Florida, but I went uh, to the Ohio State uh, game. It was an unofficial game for me, and you know I was a little bit sick, and my mama and me were like, you know, we can't make an official because it was too late. So we drove up ourselves. And it was the one versus two game, Ohio State versus Michigan, uh, and the winner was going to the national championship. Was that with Troy Smith? Was he the quarterback? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I was like, like we got out there, and you start seeing like ESPN is like, like ABC is like, sh- like showing this game. So you're seeing the cameras fly across. You're seeing like the Ohio State band come out at halftime, and you're like, okay, this is a different like type of game this is like everybody's watching i want to be a part of this and like we just 
from then on, it was like everything was head off. Like Coach Tressel's awesome. He cares about you as a person. Um, they care about your academics. Um, the players there, like J- James Laurinaitis, was like my one of my hosts, and getting to interact with him. I was like, this dude is awesome. This guy's won the buckets. And now I get to talk to him. He's just like a regular guy. Um, That was one of my favorite trips. And I was just, I was like, I got to come here. This is Ohio State. Like, I want to be a Buckeye. You know, speaking, uh, you obviously got a podcast starting, not uh, not just football podcast with Cam Hayward, which I was just thinking about to ask this question. You know, you're doing a podcast for Omaha. Peyton and Eli, two guys you tried to kill for years before they both retired. <laughs> so, yes. uh, t- tell me about your podcast and just h- how it all came to be, you know, working with Peyton and Eli. Yeah. So the podcast is called Not Just Football with Cam Hayward. Um, we uh, we were flipping around through names for forever. And, you know, for me, I didn't want to just be tied down to just football. I wanted to be able to talk other sports because I love basketball. I love all different types of sports. I love pop culture too. So, um, you know, it was, it's funny how this all worked out. Uh, uh, you know, Peyton and his people reaching out, uh, the people at Omaha, um, you know, I, Peyton actually played with my dad and I can't wait to have him on my show one of these times because I want to ask him so many different stories. Um, because I remember we were in Indianapolis and, you know, I think Peyton was struggling, but like my mom and dad were telling me like, he's going to be the truth one day. And <laughs> they were right. Uh, but, you know, now this dude's my boss. <laughs> and so this is a little weird. A guy that I, I got the chance to play against is now my boss. And, um, you know, they create great shows and great content. Um, but this is an unfiltered, uh, you know, uh, um, perspective of what a day in life of what I go through, um, how I prepare, what I'm looking at, how I see, you know, sports and how I see pop culture. So I'm, I'm ready. Um, I got my, one of my friends to come on. He's going to be my co-host. He's going to be busting my balls a little bit too. So it's going to be a good time. You know, obviously Draymond, his podcast shot like a rocket ship, but basketball is a little different yeah. scheme. You know, Steph Curry shooting the ball and he's talking a lot of shit in football. Yes. You know, it's like with the culture talking about other guys you're playing, you know, it's a little frowned upon by my coaching staff yeah. is, is the balance that that probably wouldn't be. It's not necessarily your style, but I, I don't think anyone yeah. can pull that off in, in the NFL. Right. You're right. Like I've seen like basketball players go on like talk shows and literally like talk crap about a player. Like I'm not with all that. Like that's not what I'm going to do. Like I'm here to, you know, broaden my horizons and learn and have fun with people and, you know, grow great awareness to our game that we love um, and provide a lot of insight because um, a lot of times you get these players after they're done. Like, you know, I, I, I can recall when Jerome used to do his show uh, after he was done with football. And, you know, I just think this is a really cool platform to, you know, talk to a current player. Um, and, you know, I'm not I might have to have a couple of those where, you know, we win or we lose. I'm going straight to the pod. Make sure you can stay tuned. But I'm not using this time to call out nobody. Um, if anything, I'm using this time to call it myself uh, and hold myself accountable. The difference in football than the NBA is like 
physically you could get, you know, crack back block. I mean, you could get chance, you know, in the NBA, you don't touch yes. anybody. Yeah. You know what? I, I'll get you out of here on this. I, I remember when I was scouting, a famous story was, you know, the Steelers have always been held to the highest regard from a scouting perspective. And Jack Lambert, they were like a practice at Kent State when he was in college. And one of the Steelers scouts was there and they, they were, it was like an outside walkthrough, you know, in the 60s or whatever on gravel. And Jack was going 100 miles an hour, tackling people bloodied on the gravel and the Steeler scout like went back to the Roonies and like, he's our guy. And then they get him. Yeah. And that's just, you know, these legends of Steeler scout and it's just, but it's lived that right to when I was a kid, oh. to Greg Lloyd's to, to Harrison and Lamar Woodley's to just to now you and, and TJ and, and Minka. I mean, you do get to play for a team that one, the fan base is massive Two, football means mm-hmm. everything. And three, you're just thought of like, yeah, if you start on defense for the Steelers, you are a badass. It's got to be pretty cool. Well, like I remember hearing about how like the scout Bill Nunn would like hold on to certain tapes because back then they were supposed to like share the film with everybody, but like they didn't. And so Bill Nunn, you know, he held onto the tape and nobody knew about certain players. So, you know, the scouting department has always been ahead of everybody else and has always um, found great players. Um, But when you put on that black and gold, man, you are really embracing uh, a tough defense demeanor. Um, It's uh, something I'm proud of, something I got to live up to every day. And I just enjoy it. Um, I think every, I thank God every day that I'm able to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, I'm looking forward to watching you guys play on defense because every year you guys just uh, cracking people left and right and watching <laughs> Najee play and, you know, the quarterback situation is going to be fun. So, uh, you know, you guys make the playoffs basically every year. So I expect you back there. Uh, I look forward to make uh, some noise. Yeah. Let's uh, good luck to you, man. Stay healthy. And uh, good luck with Appreciate the pot. new media, baby. New media. Yeah, new media. Get, I guess I'm part of new media. No skipping weeks, Cam. No skipping weeks. No skipping weeks. Yes. James won't <laughs> let us. We got it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> t- t- take it easy, bro. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, John. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. 
Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.